Welcome to the Logos Dialogues. I'm Michelle. And I'm Alan. And we're here to engage in truth-seeking dialogues about the Logos of God. Hi, fellow truth seekers. In this episode of the Logos Dialogues, we're going to talk about a very difficult topic. What topic is that? The self. Mm. You know, in the last dialogue, we ended discussing why it is so hard for people to, to do what Jesus is asking people to do, you know, really to have a relationship walking with him. You mean the love connection where we're supposed to be in kind of a marriage with him, equally yoked and yeah, That's right. all about love. That's right. Mm -hmm. The Bible commands that we love God with all our heart with all our mind, with all our soul, and with all our strength. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's what That's it says right. in, the, in the book of Matthew. Jesus says it. That's right. And, and there's other scriptures, too, about that that we ought to examine in order to see why this is so tough for us. Mm. Let's read those other okay. scriptures. Um, John 13, 34 to 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And that was by Jesus. And here's Jesus again, John 17, 20, 21. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. And then in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, But whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Yeah, so this is an amazing, you know, set of passages. When we love God the way we're supposed to, when we love each other the way we're supposed to, the world, he says, mm -hmm. will know that we are his disciples. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this love thing is supposed mm -hmm. to prove to people that we belong to Jesus, right? This love. And, and it's supposed to make us one with him. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the kind of love. When, when two people love each other the way we love each other, <laughs> you know, people see one person and they say, where's That's the other true. one? Because they're, they're together. It's Alan and Michelle. Alan and Michelle. <laughs> so in the same way, you know, when you love people the way God wants mm -hmm. us to love people, and when we love God the way God wants us to love him, people should notice that and say, you must be one of Jesus' disciples, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. They should say, you must be one of the people who belong to God. Mm -hmm. But there's something wrong going on here, right? What's that? There, there's, there's the problem with the self. Again, we are not loving God and loving each other the way he tells us to. And there's a reason. There's actually three reasons. What are the three reasons? <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Yeah, I knew you were the cause of all of our problems. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> right about that. <laughs> But seriously, you know, there are really three reasons. There are three issues that the Bible identifies as causing us to not have the kind of love that we could have if it wasn't for these three issues. We get fixated on these things and it's like we be, they become idols to us. These things are what we can experience physically, what we can possess materially, and what we can become intrinsically. These three things are, are discussed in the Bible in 1 John 2, 15 and 17, if you could, if mm -hmm. you could read those. 
Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. We about this verse before when we we're talking about the possible confusion between verses. But yes, that was the first, that, our first dialogue, mm -hmm. yep. in our very first dialogue. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad we got back to this verse because it shows how these are things that people confuse with love in mm -hmm. some cases. You know, we we think we are, you know, loving um, people, but we a lot of times are having material types of love. Um, or we're lusting. Or we're lusting, yeah. But these things are, are driving those, those, those passions that we have. Um, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And, and yet, we don't understand that these things stand in the way of the kind of love that God is asking mm -hmm. us to have. A, a deeper love. A greater love. In fact, we see this problem from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. Did yeah, because could... Eve was tempted in those in those ways, right? In Genesis 3, 6. Right. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Right. And if we look carefully at that verse, right, we see three different issues that she's facing, right? Mm -hmm. And one is that the fruit of the tree was good for food, right? Which is the lust of the flesh. Then she sees that it was pleasing to the eye, which is the lust of the eyes, right? And finally, it was, it was desirable for gaining wisdom. So here is that last one, the pride of life. We have this desire to, to boast about how, 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 how wise we are or how important we are. We have this desire to be lifted up <laughs> to be important in a way uh, that that makes us uh, turn against the other things for these things. So. Yeah, it's interesting how it's broken down into those three things. It's really Absolutely. how detailed they were with that. You know, there must be some connection there. Absolutely. It's clear that, you know, in, in the time where that was said, um, you know, thousands of years ago when that was written, they were not at that point able to see what God was saying the way we can mm -hmm. now with, mm -hmm. with, with those scriptures that are explaining that to us now. We're looking now back and seeing what God was showing us in Eve and Adam and Eve at that time. We all are going through that. We are all struggling with those, those kinds of passions, those kinds of lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh and the pride of life. There's one person who was able to resist in those same three areas. Only one person. Only one. <laughs> and it's Jesus. It's Jesus. If you can read in Luke. Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. So we see that when Jesus goes off into the wilderness, his first temptation is one that involves him fasting, him not being able to eat for, for um, 40 days, right, and 40 nights. 
So he's hungry. And then the, the, the devil comes and tempts him with food, right? What does he do? He, he says, he uses the word of God. <laughs> yes, right. He is able yeah. to, to, rather than to uh, to give in to that temptation, mm-hmm. he's willing to, um, to to lean on God's word, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Which is amazing. Let's see what the second temptation he goes through is. Luke 4, 5 through 8. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Because here's the second temptation in the wilderness. And what does the devil do? He shows him all the splendor of the world, right? He shows him. He wants the lust of the eyes to tempt Jesus to follow Satan in order to get the things that he can possess, the materialistic things in the world that he can possess. And what does Jesus do again? He uses the word of God. <laughs> That's right. And rejects him. <laughs> he, says, he says, I don't need that. I have what I need. I have God. I have the word. I, I have a relationship mm-hmm. with God. And that's something that we don't do enough, right? We, rather than lean on the word, right? We go after these things that we see with our eyes or that we can get to to experience within our flesh, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's see. Was there a third temptation? Yep. Luke 4, 9 through 12. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. What's so amazing about that verse is literally Satan is telling Jesus to get have himself lifted up. He wants the angels to lift him up, to literally make him prove that he's the son of God, to make him prove who he is in order to have that status that, that Satan thinks he, he, so, he so desperately needs, right? Rather than do what he came to do, which is in, for us, he came in order to be humble and to die rather than be you know, the pride of life. Yeah, right. Absolutely. It's just pride. He just wanted. That's what Satan is trying to tempt him with. Right. But Jesus was humble. Jesus chose (laughs) to go the humble route instead of the pride. And it's interesting because we're more like, obviously, um, Adam and Eve. I mean, we have the same things inside of us. Right. We want the things of the world. We want to be, we're proud. We have all of those kinds of things that we're struggling with. Right. And then here it is that Jesus shows us because he's tempted in every way as we are. Right. He says he shows us what to do when we're tempted. Right. So just <laughs> lean on God's yeah. word. It's an amazing way that we see scripture showing us with with a lot of people not understanding what they're reading yeah. when they read these things, showing us what Jesus is is in comparison to what we are, what mankind is, what Adam and Eve are, what the rest of us are. We fall to these temptations all the time. And Jesus immediately is facing those temptations in his in his ministry to us to show us that he doesn't fall to those temptations. Mm-hmm.
and you see over and over again that yeah we we get we get tempted with the flesh we get tempted with with materialism we get tempted with pride and constantly with those temptations we aren't able to love God the way God loves us because of those things you know Jesus makes it really clear that he understood this was a problem that we have in 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 uh, in, in John um chapter, John chapter 2 2 yeah John two twenty three to 25 Now, while he was in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, many people saw the signs he was performing and believed in his name. But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. Absolutely. <laughs> so now we've seen what it is that he knew, right? Mm -hmm. He knew about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. He knows that we are often going to stray as as we talked mm -hmm. about in our life. We're lives. prone to wander. We're prone to wander, right? Because of these because of these issues with the self. But he had an answer for us. What does he tell us? He tells us actually in in Matthew, right? He tells us there's something that we need to do in order to stop falling for these kinds mm -hmm. of temptations. Matthew 16:24 through 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life from me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? You know, this is a, a hard scripture, a hard lesson for us mm -hmm. to learn. I mean, we don't really want to hear this, right? We don't want to hear that you have to do all of this in order to save your soul. But what is it saying? I think it, we can simplify it and say that he's, he actually is talking about love here. Love is sacrificial. If you really want to love someone, like God, if you really want to love someone, you need to be able to say no to yourself. He's saying you have to be able to deny yourself. You can't be one with somebody and always have things your way. We sure learned that in marriage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to learn how to say no. You have to learn how to deny yourself. If you're going to be one, and of course, how are you going to have eternal life? How are you going to have this without being one with God? Who, he's eternal, not us. But if we could just, you know, become next connected to him, we could have eternal life too. But this connection is going to require us to say no to ourselves. But it's not, it's not just one way. God is sacrificial in the way he loves us. Mm -hmm. That's what the scriptures tell us. Yeah. He sacrificially loves us. We've got to sacrificially love him back. And he even did it first. Right? He did it first. Let's yeah. read that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And then 1 John 3.16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Isn't that beautiful about scripture? Yeah. <laughs> John 3.16. Mm -hmm. It'll make you see the love of God. Mm -hmm. How loving God is. Because he sacrifices for us. Mm -hmm. Because he loves us. And are we willing to do that for him? That we're, we're, we're told to in Romans. You know, we could, if we could read Romans. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Wow. And this scripture is so important because first off it tells us if we're willing to do this, if we're willing to live sacrificially, in other words, if we're willing to say no to ourselves and yes to God, we're going to start to understand God's will. God's will is not our will. Our will is different than God's will. And if we're going to do this, we're going to start finding that there are times when we have to recognize we have to say thy will be done, not my will be done. And, and the scriptures keep telling us that. There's, let's read, there's three scriptures back to back that we can read that show us. Boom, boom, boom. We got to say thy will be done. Luke twenty two forty two, 42. Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. John four thirty four. My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. John six thirty eight. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This reminds me of the whole thing that you had with the um, the line that where Jesus, right. where um, God is that only straight line going through the universe and so then jesus when he comes in in the flesh he knows how to align himself with that line that's right and so he's trying to show us this is how you align yourself with that line but you know what's so important about that Mm -hmm. like that was our last dialogue Mm -hmm. is that we try and we try Mm -hmm. but we kind of stray jesus can do it jesus can say you know not my will but thy will and and he can make sure he's he's going right along with that line. And we we maybe ninety percent, maybe eighty percent. Some of us ten percent of the time we might get it. But there's going to be sometimes when we stray, and God can find a way somehow to anchor us. That's what Jesus said. He he, he yokes us right yes. to anchor us to Him and make it so that even when we do our our you know our problems show up, we're still orbiting Him. Even if we're going in this weird direction, there's an orbit being set up so that it's we're following God even sometimes when we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. And so how does he do that? How does he do that? Well, you know, Jeremiah is, is, is a verse that I think really gives us an answer to how God does this. Jeremiah 31, 31 to 33. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Amazing. And once again, what Jesus is doing or what this scripture is doing, this is the Old Testament scripture, is it's telling us how mm-hmm. God is going to do something different when Jesus comes. It's telling us a new covenant's coming where he's going to put his law inside us. He's going to put his his literally his his will in, in his heart is going to be inside our heart, you know. And so it's going to be a different way. In, of, 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 of living, you know, where it's not God on the outside telling us what to do, mm-hmm. but God living in us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so we don't see that. We don't understand it. We don't know how it happens until Jesus comes. Let's, let's read what Jesus says. John seventeen twenty six. This is Jesus praying to his father. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me 
may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So we hear finally that love, the love that God wants us to have for him. He's willing, if we're, if we're willing, he's willing to come inside of our hearts mm -hmm. and to make that love possible. You know, when you really understand what's being said here, even though we want to love God sometimes, you know, some people don't, <laughs> but, but some of us want to love God the way God wants us to love him. Even though we want to love him with all our hearts and all our minds, with all our soul, with all our strength, we still come up short and God will find a way if we're willing to let him come inside us. Mm -hmm. It's like that, again, that, that line, like you mentioned, yeah. a straight line, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we need an anchor. Mm -hmm. We need something connecting us from, from in our hearts straight to God. Mm -hmm. We need, we need a line going from us to God. Mm -hmm. That's, that's not going to be broken no matter what happens. And this, we're going to talk about in the next how dialogue. We get that, how we get into that relationship with God. How that's we get right. him inside of us. Yeah, how do you okay. get him inside okay. of us? Okay. Right, because he's living on the outside and he comes and he, he did all these wonderful things when he was here on the earth. But that's not what, that's just not enough, right? Mm -hmm. Him being on the outside is not enough. He can heal us. He can die for our sins. He can do all these wonderful things. But him being on the outside of us mm -hmm is not enough. Mm -hmm. That's what he says, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And we're going to find out exactly how it is that he comes to live inside of us on the next dialogue. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm it. I'm looking forward to it too. <laughs> and I hope they're looking forward to it too. I hope so, too. <laughs> so this is our challenge to you to join, join us for, for the, the Logos, Logos Dialogues. dialogues.